Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Recording. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Penny Bloom podcast. Today, the comic book movie journey through film continues with 1995's Batman Forever. I am Colton Robertson, and I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. We are also joined by the magnificent Tavares Pennington. What's up, homie? How's it going? How's it going? Happy to be back. Oh, and I am happy, oh, so happy to have you. And we are again joined by yet another guest. This one very special to me. My, a best friend of mine for 15 years. Good old Michael Muehlberger. What's up, homie? What's up, Colin? How you doing, man? I am Dandy, I'm especially dandy to have you here. Like I said, you've been my best friend for a very long time. The fact that you haven't been on the podcast is blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I needed you. I needed you. And you came through for Batman Forever. Uh, this is a very, very fun movie. Released June 16th, 1995. Directed by Joel Schumacher and written by Lee Batchelor, Janet Scott Batchelor, and Akiva Goldsman. Mike, tell me, when I put out the open call, what drew you to Batman Forever? What drew me to Batman Forever is just like the nostalgia feeling. You know, I remember this was growing up. This was probably one of the the first like superhero movies I got into because I was I was born in like 99. So MCU hasn't really taken off yet. Star Wars is kind of starting off. Harry Potter, you know, there's there's things out there, but there's not a whole lot. And I know that these uh, movies were out there. My dad definitely put me on. So seeing uh, Batman Forever was like a nostalgia effect. I was like, ooh, I haven't watched this in 15 years. So mm. I would come back to this one. I love it. I love it. Did it hold up for you? Oh, it blew my expectations out of the water, actually. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, right? I was in the same boat. This was one that I hadn't watched in a very, very long time. Uh, it was also one I grew up on. I grew up on Val Kilmer and Batman Forever and George Clooney and Batman and Robin, which was the other one you volunteered for, but someone beat you to the punch at that point. But uh, those those were the two, though. I remember having those on DVD. I spun them until they were scratched to all hell. I, I watched them all the fucking time. and. Uh, this was one that I'd put down for quite some time. And when I picked it up, I was not expecting it to be quite as rock solid as it was. Like I'm, I'm wildly impressed with how this movie turned out. Joe, how you, uh, how you feeling about it? Well, this, uh, was my completely first watch of this movie. I know it is, <laughs> it is weird, but, uh, I'm new to all these Batman movies. Um, completely new. Christian Bale was the first bat. Well, Kevin Conroy was the first Batman I heard and saw in cartoons and the video games and, and other animated movies. Um, but first real life Batman was Christian Bale for me. So 
all these are new to me. And this one, for some reason, I just, I never hear, I don't know why. Maybe I've heard about Val Kilmer in conversations about Batman a lot and just haven't paid attention. But I feel like I haven't heard about Val Kilmer a lot in Batman conversations. Probably not. I feel like Um, people kind of try to forget this. Like, anything pre-Christian Bale is like, you get an honorable mention, but that's about it. Yeah, but like... I don't see why, though. I feel like he should be in the conversation a yeah, lot more. Yeah, like, right, um, I don't know if it's just my first watch and I'm just liking it a whole lot more, but, like, this is the best Batman movie we've covered so far. I can say that confidently. Live um, action. Yes, true. Fair. Live action. Um, that's fair. But, like, he's my favorite live action Batman so far, and he's in my top three Um of all time. Ooh, that's so, high, uh, high praise. No, yeah, see, like, uh, we've covered 60, Batman 66 with Adam West, both Keaton movies, and now Val Kilmer marks our fourth live, live action Batman movie. And I, I agree. So far, uh, far and away my favorite Batman and Bruce Wayne, frankly, like, uh, he killed I didn't, Bruce Wayne. Oh, dude. he was so fucking good as Bruce Wayne. Here's my thing is that, like, Michael Keaton's Batman and Bruce Wayne struggled with one very, very, plain to see thing in every batman movie oh should i reveal my identity to this woman i love Mm. and that was it that was all he ever struggled with there Mm -hmm. was no there was no youngin he had to look after and try to influence there was he was hardly batman he didn't have a no kill rule he would kill motherfuckers left and right like it was nothing uh this is the first time where you're like oh i'm watching a pretty comic accurate batman movie and uh it was very it was very rewarding to see uh, Mike, obviously I attached some comics for us. Did you, did you get a chance to look at them? If not, absolutely fine. I definitely, uh, skimmed through them. I, uh, the pictures helped out a lot with the comic books. Um, yeah. a big word guy from being honest with you. So <laughs> uh, a I lot of words. I were, I read a few of them. I will be honest with you. I did, I read a few, like probably five or six of them, but, uh, yeah, I, I, um, um, so I got a good glimpse of them. Good, good. Yeah, because uh, we always go over them in brief a little bit, just kind of uh, if if we uh, got around to them. Joe, did you did you get a chance to take a look through these? Indeed. Yeah, I wanted a I wanted a lot of the like the Two Face and Riddler inspiration. I knew like that was coming, mm-hmm. so I wanted I wanted that before I went into the movie instead of after for this one. So I did a I got all of them in for this one. Um, and man, as far as adaptation is concerned, when we come to that rating, it'll do rather well. It's uh. Man. Only one gripe with that one, and, and I think we'll yeah, get there. Man. But obviously, we, I, I included Detective Comics number thirty-eight, which is the uh, introduction of Dick Grayson as Robin, uh, who in the comic books is typically at that point in his story about twelve or thirteen, not seemingly a twenty-five to twenty-six-year-old playing a seventeen-year-old. Um, I thought. Uh, you know, Chris O'Donnell, he doesn't do bad in the role. He doesn't do bad in the role by any means, and it works for the story they're putting forward for the most part. But it's still a cop-out. I want I want young Robin. You know, I, I want him to feel like he needs to protect a child who was about the age he was when he lost his parents instead of like... And I mean, like, not to say that it lessens the blow for a 17-year-old-ish to lose their parents. Obviously, that's, no matter what, fucking terrible. But like... uh the way that he was like, oh, we're going to avoid the system and I'm going to take you in and stuff. It's like, 
I was like, isn't this dude like 20? Like, I was like, can, doesn't he just go off and do his own thing now? Isn't that kind of how this works? Uh, he was 25 at the time of recording this. 24, oh, possibly. 24 or 25. Um, That's crazy. That's crazy. And yeah. Man, it, it, I guess like, um, like the part of me that sees the Hollywood reasoning of we can get more out of a, you know, an older actor. And, you know, like, I, I understand that. But like. I that is just kind of lazy like you're like we don't want to deal with a kid you know but like that's the thing is that if you can just put a kid in a moment where the mo like the kid doesn't have to do anything the kid could just be hanging off a ledge and like you know and like helpless and then batman you know like i know there's many things you can do yeah like but um i don't know i'm not mad of the robin that we got i'm just the, the only thing that gets me is just like it could it like it would have been nice for how comic book accurate this movie was if they were like truly accurate to Robin. As no, well. 100%. 100%. Tab, how are you feeling about this movie overall? How 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 you sitting with it? I mean, overall, it's a, it's a it's a classic film. I think it's uh it still feels like a fever dream in certain ways, but in the on the it airs on the good side of that whereas like Batman and Robin feels like a terrible fever dream. Um <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, largely at this point in the conversation, I agree with the uh, uh, belief that the approach towards the relationship between Batman and Robin kind of corrupts um, just the way that they're portrayed and what we'd expect um, based on the comic books. But even still, you know, I think that this was, they were going for a notion of Batman that wasn't necessarily based um in in our reality of Batman, our our conception of Batman, it was it was also mm. based in um, uh, this more fantastical world that they're trying to create. So that could that could account for some of those differences. Well, and speaking of that fantastical world, it's interesting coming off the Keaton films how they vaguely allude to the Keaton films, like they happened to this Batman. But then there are other things like the changing of the origin imagery, where he can't remember all of it, whereas in Batman 89, you see Jack Nicholson playing this, or the young version of Jack Nicholson uh, shot and killed his parents. So like, but then there's also that point where Chase Meridian, Nicole Kidman, by the way, wow. Uh, that, that woman's a smoke show in 95, huh? In 95. <laughs> we come, we come to this place for magic. I don't know if you guys have been to AMC theaters lately, but she does the whole little AMC opening thing. That's her. Yeah. What? We come to this place for magic she has the the boston accent that's like really thick wow to love nuts. to cry yeah no fucking love nicole now. kidman love nicole kidman but uh whenever she brings him up to that rooftop and she's like uh <laughs> she's like oh what what you you need me to be in a skin tight leather suit mm. you know like that's obviously alluding to selena kyle and batman returns but like mm. then like so it's interesting the way they pick and choose these sorts of things to uh canonized because it's still produced by tim burton but uh it's not it's it's a new new direction you know joel schumacher at the helm and he's at the helm for batman and robin as well um and i like uh, that i need to get off early how horny this movie was um there there were times like okay for one i'm gonna get my favorite shot out of the way early Val Kilmer's ass in the bat suit. He suits up and it literally focuses on his ass as he turns and that's it. That's the shot. It's insane mm. to me that that is in a Batman movie. Actually, like that is actually 
I re- I had to rewind it to like I'm like no way that was his ass because I'm like I thought it was his legs or his calves or so I'm like I don't know I, I I'm like I swear I saw that wrong and I rewind it. Yeah, no. A couple of things are coming into fruition now that you say Joel Schumacher directed both this one and uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah, no, like that's the thing. That's what's crazy about this one compared to Batman and Robin is it's made by the same guy. Yeah, and there's a there's a relatively large drop off in quality. There, like, but there's still some because some similarities. Uh, uh, I.e., the focus on the ass. The oh, horniness. And, it's and a like, horny movie. And and like the whole love story is literally just she has a kink for Batman and Batman has never fallen in love before and is just horned up and it doesn't get any puss. So it's like it's it, they literally are just like horned up to the max and they're just near each other. That's literally all that happened. There was no like love there whatsoever. <laughs> it was all just straight horn dog. And I love, and they're like, Alfred is trying to make it like, beautiful. you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I should tell her how I feel, you know, like I have these deep feelings. Like, I, I feel like I'm not, nah, bro. You're experiencing sexual tension. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's all that's happening here. Is it implied that he got a boner and that's why he had to leave and jump off? Because like, <laughs> um, I feel like she was like feeling him up a little bit. And then like, he kind of looked down and then turned around and left and like, um, I wanted to, it'd be hilarious because there's like one frame where it shows his crotch, and I don't know if it's like He's it'd, just be, it'd be hilarious if it's just rocking or something like that, like in, for that one frame. He's got the, man, full, he got the full schlong going. It, it was this movie was horned up, man. It but and I can't wait for the next one. I, I apparently it's turned to twelve next movie. Uh, crank that up even more. So, um, <laughs> shit. But. No, certainly. But uh, Mike, uh, I, we're talking all about this uh, this romance element of the movie, and it's obviously a very big, big very big part of it. It's coming from someone who has watched it a very long time ago to more recently viewing it, do you <laughs> did you happen to feel like you don't know how you missed some of these things when you were younger? Yeah, definitely. Especially now that I like, have experienced like hormones and feelings and all that. I know, like, ooh, woman. Yeah. Like, sexual situations uh, in large, too. Yeah, like, yeah, like stuff like that. Like, I definitely noticed there was a lot more sexual tension the entire time. Basically, like, it, and it, it kind of went back and forth between, like, I think both Bruce Wayne and Bat, uh, Batman. I, f- I could just pick up on both, uh, oh, big time. With uh, the same uh, Dr. Chase Meridian, just like I could just pick up the entire time, like she's so down for him. The line oh, where dude. Bruce says, "Like I got to get you out of those clothes," oh, dude, and uh, into a black dress, like no way you say it like that, dude. You know, yeah. like oh my god, she, she was like, "Oh," and then he was like, get "Into a black dress, it's yeah. time to go to this event." You know, like come on now, and the way they were like, "Bro," like up in each other's faces, like. <sighs> They were basically fucking moaning, you know, like they were just like, "Oh man, I could, I could really kiss you right now." Job, like you're just sitting there, just like, just get really close and breathe in each other's face. So just be like, like, "Oh, psychopaths." It's basically they're both. I mean, honestly, it's kind of what they are. They're both just kind of like one is a psychopath. Like Chase Meridian is a terrible doctor. 
Yeah, <laughs> no. She's just obsessed with crazy people. She's not an actual, like, well, I guess, I don't know, she, she has an actual degree and stuff like that. So, like, fair enough. She has the credibility to be a doctor. But, like, I think she just has, like, a kink for fucked up people. Um, what and then... intrigued me is this comes after the first season of Batman the Animated Series. And that show introduces Harleen Quinzel, Harley Quinn, who is this on the flip side. She is super into damaged psyches, and that ends up leading her to being attracted to the Joker, not Batman. But it felt like this was like, oh, what if we did that? But Mm -hmm. like for Batman instead Mm -hmm. of the Joker, dude. Like, it would make sense. Like, there that, would be people that would want to fuck the shit out of, like, people would want Batman. I mean, come on. I want like, Batman. Come on, dude. That, that, that's obvious. Like, that's obvious. So, like, that is fair. These women would exist. Um, but, like, it, I don't know. It felt very, every woman in this movie was only there for sexual reasons. Like, I, there was almost no situation. Well, I, like, okay. It, the, other than, um, the little bits of like Doctor Meridian's like actual good moments in the movie, um, but like every other woman, like especially Harvey's, like two women that he has, literally one for each of his dude. Oh man, that that was like insane. That, how much how much like they got a got away like not even got away with. It's just the nineties. That's just how it is. Um, yeah. But like, imagine trying to do it in a movie today. Like, I don't know. Just I don't I don't think that can work. No. Um, no. Certainly not, and I mean, I feel like they 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 kind of knew that they were uh, marketing this towards a specific audience, which is why some of the creative decisions were made that were made were made. Um, but I mean, it even even as a, a comic story, like, do we really see? Uh, I guess new new dynamics between characters um, outside. Because my thinking would be that as a, as a director, you'd want to be like, well, there's no Joker in here, right? How do we make up for that? How do we make up for um, that presence? And I mean, this is just riffing, but this could have been, it could have been a really cool way to maybe kind of uh, position Bruce Wayne in the, in some of the same positions that we think of the Joker in typically to make up, I guess, for his lack of presence, which would then have made, um, the doctor's relationship with Bruce Wayne uh, make a little more sense, maybe. It is fair of like how the Joker's not in the movie. They had to make up for it by putting two villains in. Like, yeah. that's the power of the Joker. It's like when you have the Joker, that's all you need. And like, mm-hmm. um, I guess like beforehand. I mean, with like Jack Nicholson did he? He was okay. And like uh, I forgot who played the one in Batman sixty six. But like there were four villains there in Batman sixty six. But like, yeah. um, to replace the Joker is hard. But like. I think if it was only Two Face or only the Riddler, I don't think it would be as strong. Like having both of them and have them kind of fighting and working together at the same—it was like really cool. Like the the whole dynamic of it. The thing that you I, like, I, I feel like will generally come to notice um, going through comic book movies is that villains were just written horribly at like for a long time. They were just like stock characters, like bad person does bad things they think bad thoughts mm. uh yeah that's about it <laughs> yeah i don't know this this was an interesting way a take on riddler um for sure just to 
Like, instead of just being a, just a somewhat genius already, like, he, he was already a genius, I guess. He's working at Wayne yeah. Industries. And I love that that's how, that's what Wayne Industries is. Just one hallway of a room where science is being done at different uh, stations. And it's science all different. Happens uh, here. Like, this is propulsion. This is, you know, like, I love how it's like just in one room. Like, obviously, you just, all propulsion. Just can be done at this one desk right here. That that's what is done at this. I don't know. I love that and how the Riddler had his own little section um, for brainwaves. The future of Wayne Industries is a brainwaves. I don't know. I, I love Jim Carrey though. Like, Jim fucking Carrey, man. Jim Carrey makes so much sense in a movie like this. Like if there was anyone that you carry between Joel, Schmitt, I don't see why it wouldn't be Jim Carrey. No, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't either. Like because. The thing for me about this movie is that it feels a lot of the time like they were just like, all right, you know where this where this has to go. Jim Carrey, do whatever the fuck you want in the yeah. meantime. Um, literally body language, staging, wherever you want to go. That's one thing I noticed about this movie, too, is that like it's not shot with. There are some shots that are like pretty purposeful, you know, like you can tell they had an intention and they they executed it. But there's a lot of times when the Riddler's on screen where it's just kind of wide. It's like wherever wherever the Riddler goes, we need to be able to see him. And I think it's because they genuinely just let Jim Carrey loose. Like I, they were like, no. do whatever the fuck. Oh, yeah. While watching, I got that impression. Like it just felt like they were like, all right, do your Jim Carrey thing. Um, we'll have a few lines that you need to say and a few like things you need to hit. But like other than that, like he was just he was just doing his thing, man. And it was awesome. Like that's that's the thing about Jim Carrey is that. He's just a, a natural performer and that it's just in any movie. Like, what the fuck? He's a pet detective. He's the Riddler. He's a dumbass. He's, uh, you know, like, what the fuck? The dude is just anything, but he does the same stuff in everything, but it works. Like, it's, I don't know. It's insane. Yeah, I completely agree. I When I was watching this for the first time, uh, again, because I watched it a few times, um, I definitely got a lot of the mask vibes from Jim mm-hmm in that movie but it's just like the same green goofy uh character and it plays him off so well so well oh absolutely and it's he's the reason that i end up electing him as my favorite character of the movie oh Oh, really yes yes Uh, i was i was well because here's the thing i I did i did end up falling into a similar thing that i did with batman 89 where i uh it was solid. It was well performed and stuff, but there wasn't really a character I was like, "Oh yeah, I like that guy." You know what I'm saying? Like Batman was about as well done as he's been so far, and you know I always like Batman. But like, uh, I was like, you know what? Mm. I think Jim Carrey has earned this. The characterization of Riddler, like it would have been, I can't imagine anyone else in this role. Like it was the way that he portrayed this Riddler, this Edward Nigma. It just it had to be done the way it was done. And it, as a lot of things with this movie are to be the case, it's way over the top at more, more often than it probably needs to be. But, uh, it was still so fucking fun to watch. And Jim Carrey was a big part of why it was fun to watch. So I, I ended up going with Riddler as my favorite character. That is fair. I mean, but... for the, I kind of go with Riddler for, for Jim Carrey for best performance. Um, that's more fair. Because this was the first Batman movie. This Batman was the main character here. Mm. Like, 
it wasn't the villain show. It wasn't, you know, like the other Batman. The Batman and Bruce Wayne were the focal point of the movie the entire time. Like, if, if it was not about Bruce Wayne directly, it was about killing Bruce Wayne or Batman. So, like, it <clears throat> is the central focus, and it is about his torment and all the other torments. So, like, it, uh, I, I don't know. Character-wise, it's Batman. It's, like, and Bruce Wayne. And, like, it's it's too strong for me to mm. give. But the performance is where I might be able to give it to Jim Carrey. But I can't if I'm putting Val Kilmer as, like, my top three Batman right now. All the reasons you just listed for why he gets the character nod for you are why I ended up going with Val Kilmer as Batman Bruce Wayne for my performance. Because mm. he made this character feel more like Bruce Wayne and Batman than I think any live-action character had before. And, you know, I think that with the writing he was provided, it was it was going to be that way. You know, it was probably going to be that way. I think if Keaton had this script whenever he did his Batman movies, there's a chance mm. that he has a little bit better of a chance to shine. They just didn't give a shit about the principles of Batman in those movies. And this one did a little bit more. Um, but I do think that Val Kilmer delivered a performance that was just better as far as live action is concerned compared to the predecessors he had the predecessors he had before him with Adam West and Michael Keaton. But, uh, you know, it's still, there's still those notes of it. That's like trying to be Kevin Conroy's, which I think it's again, important. This came after mask of phantasm and the animated series where I think it's like, Oh, okay. That's what we need to be trying to do with this character. Um, and when this Batman, the the sacred Batman, the it's the freaking bat. Yeah, um, that's it's the gold standard. That's what I'm looking for. The gold standard of Batman is Kevin Conroy, and if any, as close as you can get, or if you want to do it in some other fashion, um, but you better do it damn well. And I think, um, mm. like it's that's the thing is that like. The only Batman that I feel like kind of passionate about is Kevin Conroy, Robert Pat- Robert Pattinson, and Val Kilmer. And Christian Bale is close there. It's just for the nostalgia, but like, I really think it, it, Christian Bale was not the main character of his movies. Um, it was kind of the villain. Batman Begins, he is, but other the other two, he's not. Like, well, Val- there's only there's only I'd argue there are only two good movies in the Dark Knight trilogy, and then Batman or and then Dark Knight Rises exists. It exists. Uh, yeah, I don't, it's it's we, okay. The twist way. was like the first watch was cool of that. One, I, I, but... I still have a little love in my heart for Kristen Bale. Like he he did his right for a long time. He, <laughs> he was Batman. He he like whenever I would visualize Batman, it would be Christian Bale for. It would for be Christian time. Bale like, for a long so, time. I mean, like, to be fair, he does he does deserve a lot of credit, but like. Especially I, with our generation. And I mean, when I, when I think of his Batman voice, I think of I think of it similarly to Kevin Conroy's. I think that that is a big reason why Christian Bale was successful was because he he was really good at performing Batman. Less so Bruce Wayne. No, <laughs> you got to get to this place, and you got to do it fast, or else it's not going to be done at all. <laughs> That's Christian Bale. Yeah. Um, well, it, it was. It's almost like as if he like. Because he he has a uh, I believe a Welsh accent or something like that. Um, having that accent makes him going over the top in his vocal acting 
more okay, if that makes sense. Like, it, people are already like, well, he wouldn't speak, he wouldn't sound like we might expect him to in the first place. So this, <laughs> this grotesque voice he's doing right now, that's, that's more okay. <laughs> what the city needs. Yeah. What it wants. Val Kilmer, the same he, thing. he didn't really change his voice a whole lot. He really kind of just kept no. it the same as Bruce and Batman. He just no, talked. Yeah. And I think that, uh, especially given his predecessor in Keaton and Adam West, mm. you know, uh, they stayed relatively the same. I think what's interesting is Christian Bale's really the only example of a character or an actor portraying Batman that was like, oh, I'm going to switch my shit up hard. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, Robert Pattinson's just kind of like a low gum whisper of his same voice. Uh, Michael Keaton was kind of like a kind of in the same vein, but a little louder. And Val Kilmer, I think he's more on that Adam West type shit where he's just like, yeah, I'm in a mask. You can't recognize me. That's cool. Unless you kiss me and then you'll recognize the kiss. We talked about we talked about this last week with Mask of Phantasm and treating uh, characters with intelligence, like women with intelligence in specific. Um, They still didn't do it. They still didn't do it right. Um, the, The the doctor. The mm-hmm. the person with some sort of PhD mm-hmm. who interacts with Batman and Bruce Wayne on a regular basis, and who Bruce Wayne says a lot of that's overlapping a, a, shit to. He's that's like an ink blot, and you saw a bat, and you're telling me about your twisted, uh, tormented life that you live two two lives, and you saw that's, a bat. That's weird. And- Hmm, I won't think anything of it until you kiss me later, after you kiss me as Batman first. Oh, wait a minute. You're Bruce. You know, like, I'm I'm always a fan of when the the love interest figures it out on her own. I'm not <laughs> super cool with it when it took this long. You know, uh, like, there were a lot of, like, glaring, like, like, when you look back at Mask of Phantasm, Andrea Beaumont was like, oh, he was standing at Bruce Wayne's grave. Or uh, Bruce Wayne's parents' grave. That must be Bruce. You know, like that's all. That's all it took. It was one one little tiny thing that might have connected it, and she was like, "Oh, that's definitely him. That's got to that's got to be him." Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, the opening like in the Batcave. Okay, we'll admit the Batmobile might be a little over the top. I don't know about the flappy wing. I don't know about. I don't know about that. Batmobile um, is ass in this movie. This is yeah. uh, this is a bad uh, Batmobile. But every other technology is so cool, though. Like every other thing is is sick. Like his his belt, like his toolkit that he used. Like he used way more tech in this movie than any like anywhere else. What I love is that everything had like some sort of blue light glowing yeah, on it. I don't know. Even why. if that did absolutely nothing. Like whenever he threw like the the bat rope and like wrapped the dude up at the beginning, I was like, "Oh, what's that thing about to do?" And then it's just like tightened, and it was like, "Yep, that's it." I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, yeah, I guess that's cool." Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I love that. I love the general aesthetic, and you could tell that's what they were trying to go for with that Batmobile, but they didn't have the technology and the means to not make the Batmobile fin flappy. Like, that was just a result of what they were going for. They were like, Man, yeah, know, it's not man. supposed to be flappy, but it's what we've got. That's just rough. Yeah. It, lo- it's, it looks more like a fish wing, or like a fish fin than a wing, if anything. You know, it, it looks like he's just driving around like a fish mobile instead <laughs> of a batmobile. But 
honestly, that's like my only gripe. Because like the suit, his suit, like I like it. I like his suit. And sometimes nipples, sometimes not is the thing. Just (laughs) whenever he's feeling it. In the horny scenes, though, he has nips every time. Every horny scene, he has nips. They're standing at attention. Well, and that you know what that implies. It's nice. It implies that it implies that when he's horny, his nipples get hard, and that's it. Like that's yes. the only time. And you know, his and his suit okay. is so mal. Well, not not that his suit is so malleable, but his nipples are so powerful that something yeah. that guns can't penetrate, his nipples just make dents in. Damn. You know what I'm saying? That's nuts. And- his nuts, his nipples can actually cut nuts. diamonds. Yeah, I don't know why I went there. But, uh, well, uh, actually, I know why I went there is because I'm thinking about he's as he's talking to Alfred, he, and he's like, ah, "I should go tell her how I feel." Now Alfred's like, "Yeah, dude, come on, go, you, go get some, dude. Go get laid. You need to get laid. You're depressed. Go." Um, he's in. He's not in costume, so he he chose a costume that he knew he or he assumed that he was about to fuck in, right? Right. He picked. He had to pick a suit that he knew he was about to fuck in, and it had nips. He went for it. Like I don't know. Do you think he the suits already have nips, or his nips are that? No, hard? there, there are, there are the okay. So you're kind of changing my perspective on this now. Mm, I think because, it's like optional. I think it's like situational. Mm, He's got different suits for different yeah. occasions. He's like, okay, what do you I think is in that tool suit. belt? I need a, what? I need a sexy suit. I'm gonna get the one with nipples on it. What do you think is in that tool belt? And that's dude, you know, all sorts of toys. I mean, in an it, ideal world, there's some handcuffs on there for sure. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he's always got handcuffs. I think, regardless, no, of some, no. some he's he's to gonna it. do. He's just gonna wrap your legs up in that bat rope and hang you somewhere. <laughs> to do some, to be like you like that. Um, <laughs> that's hang upside down when they have sex. I do the <laughs> same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> uh, Mike. Though, uh, what was the uh, Prior to this, what was your like most recent engagement with Batman? Was this the first first rodeo in a while, or did you did you catch Robert Pattinson's and That's enjoyed her? So when I watched, and I probably watched that uh, for the first time probably about a month or two ago. Oh, I, no kidding! Yeah, I well, it was on my list to watch whenever it first came out because it came out around it came out on HBO Max around like I think four twenty, which I think was supposed to be a tie-in watch and then yeah. something came up and so then it happened so i just never really watched it or had had it on my mind because it was supposed to you know we're supposed to do one and then do the other yeah and so oh, yeah. Kind of, so robert Pattinson, yeah i watched that about a month or two ago gotcha how like in comparison i'm just curious how you feeling about this compared to that um and that's that's kind of like what my reasoning is like i was just like kind of caught off guard my expectations were not at where it ended up and um and i love i love going back and watching the 95 because i was you know most recent robert pattinson's very serious dramatic um there's not really a lot of satire in it it's just more uh focal and talking and then you come around back go back damn near 30 years holy hell yeah completely different vibe and i like that no, I get you. I get you for sure. That's a that is something that these this era of superhero movies is bringing to the table that we just don't get that much often. And I think that's why a lot like this is going to be like fucking wow, can't believe we just connected it to that. But like Thor: Love and Thunder, I think a lot of people aren't fucking with that because that's more like one of these than it is like mm-hmm. one of the modern comic book movies we watch. And like 
I get it. The movie's not as good, but like, yeah, are you having fun? Like, are, 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 how about you loosen up a little bit? Have a little fun with the movie you're watching. Not all of these are supposed to be like, oh, wow. Now that was a masterpiece of cinema. Yeah, you're coming buddy. to a comic book movie. I don't know what you were looking for. Um, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, like act like this was kind of nuts. Like I've only seen him in serious roles like Men in Black and and like just yeah, I don't well, know, just very he's never like that. I don't know in anything I've seen. Oh, like a serious role. <laughs> That's what I was, I was about to point that out. I was about to say I, I guess like, fair. I don't know, but it's not like it's not as it's it's not as it's, it's, like, it's, it's like, extremely over the top. It's the same yeah, way it's Jim not Perry was playing the Riddler. Okay, yeah, it's not literally he's contorting his face and stuff. I don't know. He's do, he's not, he doesn't do what, anything in Men in Black like he does I, in this just, movie. I understand how you could think of Men in Black as a as a like a serious role because he's so deadpan in most of those movies. Yeah, he is very stoic. That's he, what, yeah, that's what I mean. Is that like he's just. He's not a carry. He's not freaking exploding around and Tommy gun and freaking laughing and fucking two girls at the same time, smoking a cigar and a cigarette, drinking two drinks at the same. This dude is freaking baller. Okay. No, and I did want to talk about this right quick. The the comic accuracy with this Two Face is nuts. I love this version of Two Face, and it's uh, you know, I I like that it's Tommy Lee Jones. I'll always wonder what it would have been like if we got Billy D the way it was probably originally conceptualized. But uh, a hard to complain when you got Tommy Lee in there. Um, he, uh, like... It was supposed to be Bill... Oh! Billy D like, was Harvey Dent okay. and Batman uh, okay, 89 and Batman Returns. Yeah, like, so it was... They, they took it I thought you meant, like... Game. I thought you meant that this was... Like, he was originally cast for this movie as well. Oh. Well, that's the thing, is that it's like a soft... Like continuation a yeah yeah like it's like it's a soft prequel right because is is correct me if i'm wrong is is robin from batman forever the same as robin from batman, batman and robin yeah yes it, it it feels very much like a soft sequel slash prequel yeah it's like, well it, it's 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 like the first soft reboot like they were like ah let's just go ahead and do this thing. We'll keep some of the elements from the Batman you knew previous Alfred and commissioner Gordon and stuff. But like, uh, we're going to change up everything else around him. And, uh, you know, I, uh, all in all, I like this. I like this movie a hell of a lot more than I like either of the Keaton movies. Like we already said, but, uh, I, I can't um, in good faith. Tell uh, you it's better. A, um, Bobby D. Williams was actually originally, like, in his contract, was written to become Two-Face eventually in a sequel, and they had to buy him out to cast Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. So they had to make the actual hard decision to recast, um, Tommy Lee Jones. Contracts from, from, yeah, um, yeah, in 1989, District Attorney yeah. Harvey Dent was played by Bobby D. Williams. Williams accepted really? the role with, or yeah, with the role, uh, or with the knowledge and expectation that Dent would eventually become Two Face. He reportedly had a clause that put into his contract reserving the role for him in any sequels, which Warner Bros. had to buy out so that they could cast Tommy Lee Jones. Uh-huh. It says Williams eventually would voice the character in the Lego Batman movie. Um, which I didn't yes, know. Yes, he did, it's, and it's, it's fantastic. fantastic. Would eventually voice the character. So, wow, that's kind of nuts. We he was originally cast, and <laughs> Claw, like 
caused to become two face. Well, and there's that other thing is that like I can I can absolutely it can go one of two ways with Billy D. Williams as two face. Mm. It can be oh this is one of my favorite comic book movie performances of all time, or I don't know Billy D. Seems like too nice of a guy for that. You know what I'm saying? Like Billy D. Like he's just got this suaveness to him that Two Face simply doesn't. Um, but you know, I would like to see it. I would like to see it. Wow, Robin was originally supposed to be Leonardo DiCaprio Ooh. at age 21 at the time of recording, which he turned down the role because he didn't like. Uh, Schumacher's direction. I cannot, you know, it, that's ringing a bell for me now, but I can't remember where I saw it. But it was like it had to be some other actor being like Leonardo DiCaprio. Something I was reading was talking about how Leonardo DiCaprio for like the past twenty years has gotten offered like every leading man role first. <laughs> like he yes, gets- he is always the first choice, and everyone else is second. They always everyone reaches out and is like, "Will Leo be in this?" And he's like, "No." And they're like, "Okay, I guess we'll look other places." Yeah. Um, but like, uh, what's cool is Leo's been like, he told Timothy Chalamet, I don't know if you read that, that article recently where he told Timothy Chalamet, no superhero movies. Wow. Don't do superhero movies because then you get locked into this one role for an extended period of time. You start to get typecast and you, you stop, you stop seeing range in your roles. Uh, and it was interesting because that's what's, that's what's so unique about this era of superhero movies, nineties and aughts is obviously we have all these big A-list names now, but like part of the reason that some of the A-list names are A-list names is because of the MCU, not because they were A-list names and then they got MCU roles. You know what I'm saying? Like Chris Evans, that's an A-list actor. He's not an A-list actor without Steve Rogers. He's just I don't know. His work on Fantastic Four, I think that really... Uh, yes, Johnny Storm. You gotta remember. You gotta remember. Um... <laughs> But totally joking. Fantastic Four. No, yeah. Fantastic Four fucks for the record. Um, Evans was the highlight. <laughs> facts, facts. Or Jessica Alba. Or Jessica Alba. One but, last uh, little factoid that I'll mention: uh, Jim Carrey was originally going to carve or shave a question mark into his scalp with his hair, um, but it, he couldn't because he had to be in court for divorce. Um, so we couldn't show up in court with a question mark shaved into his head or bald, I guess, because you would have to, I don't know. Um, that's I, kind of nuts. Imagine a world where Jim Carrey's not going through divorce at this time and we get a question mark shaved into his head. Um, be pretty sick. Um, I wonder, like, where do you think the dot is? In the back or in the front? Gotta be the back. I would say the back. So like it's this squiggle and then line and then I think it would come from like the left side of the back of the scalp, come over the top of the crown of the head, come around and then be like a little rat tail dot at the bottom. (laughs) Okay. And honestly, it was kind of sick him making a question mark in the sky out of the bat signal, though. That was pretty sick. Whenever he turned it green and then like just laser beamed a question mark into the Whatever technology. Hey, it's no he different. Had, it's no different but, than Batman sixty six when the Riddler like blew up a bomb and it happened to spell out the fucking words in smoke. 
You know, yeah, this like, dude is stealing brainwaves. I don't give a fuck. He can do anything he wants in this movie. Like the technology can just do anything. Bro what developed if, Westworld technology. Yeah, and it was a blender. Did you like the <laughs> the first prototype? Literally, like I swear it was a blender. Like the the jar that was on the first uh, whatever thing you want to call that contraption that he had. Um, mm. But I love how it just scaled up into this alien tech. Like it looked just so. Alien and like the Riddler just being this sucking up everyone's brain juice, being mega genius, you know, just like and that I don't know, it's it's it was just so awesome. Like I love I loved every every part of it. One of my favorite moments in this movie is the doctored the doctored footage of what happened in Wayne Enterprises the night that the uh that his boss died when he killed him. They're like <laughs> he's like crying <laughs> running towards the camera or running towards the window and oh, that's a bad death. That's a terrible. <laughs> well, I like I liked when Commissioner Gordon fell out of it like found like the the fucking letter that was like re my suicide. Goodbye cruel world. He was like, "Yep, definitely a suicide." Like like <laughs> That's yep. as far as the investigation went. He was like, well, this letter isn't suspicious at all. Fuck it. You know? Nope. And he's like, thanks for your help, Bruce, as well. Like, And, like, nothing happened. Like, Bruce did nothing other than access the security file for him, I guess. And he didn't even do that either. He literally just was curious and wanted to see it himself. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was really funny. He's like, yep, definitely suicide. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. Good day. Case closed. Good. You guys um, happy. Yes. Let's see. I think I don't know. We haven't talked about Harvey enough. I don't think. Um, how like I was I was about to branch it there. Uh, because I think I Harvey, love, Harvey. Yeah, he deserves some talk. I that do love. I, I'll go ahead, Mike. Favorite character. Of oh the, yes, that was who I chose as my favorite character. Okay. Fuck yes, I'm so uh, happy with that. One is just because I feel like there's like a lot of super villains, like super villains. Whoever when like when they catch their prey, they catch the person they're after, they just like they tease it, they talk too much, and they and then it, they allow the person to escape. Where in this movie, you know, when he comes up the elevator, he immediately tells his guys to light up the elevator, you know, and then right. and when he catches him in the safe, like he gets him out and then immediate acid. And then, uh, lots of flame at him whenever they catch him in that little one weird cave kind of. Con- oh. Didn't know he had a cape contraption to keep him fully, you know, like whatever that was, which was. Potato gun at him, which, like, he just, like, was always on side, like, hey, I'm, my mission is to kill you, so I'm actually gonna try and kill you rather than just talk about it and then let you. You know, that's that's true, though. It adds such a great deal of stakes to this movie. Like at any like, and I mean, like the fact that he does kill Dick Grayson's family. Like that's yeah, that's pretty huge. You know, we does. I know we watched the Joker fuck around and like poison a lot of shit on and Batman 89. But it was so not personal when 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 Joker did it like two phase was in motherfuckers faces going. Yeah, I'm gonna kill your ass. I mean, he literally flipped his coin, and it landed on heads, like, twice. He's like, fuck! Like, trying to kill Batman, and then it finally landed on tails, instantly shot him in the head! Like, he grazed him, but, like, no hesitation. He's like, yes! And bam! And it was like, oh my fucking god, this dude is actually insane! Like, um... That's one difference from the comics I'm kind of like, eh, on. Mm. Harvey Dent usually operates by the faith of the coin. 
Yeah, if it lands on heads, times man, that kind of defeats the purpose. He's gonna do it good. He's gonna do it good. You're looking for a expected turnout when you're flipping it multiple times. You know, defeats the point of the coin flip. It's like just do the thing then. Like yeah, dude. He it. That's what one eighth. One yeah, it's like one eighth. I guess like so a twelve percent chance of that happening of it being heads three times. So like it was bound. He was bound to kill him. Like, it's bound to be tails. Like, it's just, I don't know. He's just one, I don't know. I guess it, it added a, a nice aspect to the movie, though. No, it was a pretty good, it was effective in tension building. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, as that as that scene was going on, I liked that we kept cutting back to him, just flipping the coin. And then it was, it was cutting back to Bruce and Chase fighting off the goons, and then it cut back, and he was flipping it again, and he was like, shit! Like, oh, I really want to, ki- I really want to cap this motherfucker! Uh, <laughs> I thought yeah, it was I, uh, I thought it was effective in its storytelling purpose, but and that's the thing. Whenever an adaptation suffers, it's got to pick it up where it decided to make those changes. You know, it's got to it's got to improve, not just improve, but at least match the value of the original story from the comic books. You know, mm-hmm. and I think they effectively used him flipping it over and over in, in a way that kind of paid off on the critical side. But uh, we'll, we'll hurt it on the adaptation side, kind of similar in the way that they treated Dick Grayson's character in this movie, where he's uh, he's adapted to probably be a little bit more emblematic of Jason Todd or Tim Drake, the other 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 Robins. But uh, they, they went ahead and named him Dick Grayson. And, you know, the flying Grayson stuff that was all very loyal to the uh, the original idea of the character. But uh, his was. His family was not killed by Two-Face. Jason Todd's parents were killed by Two-Face. And Jason Todd sucked, uh, sought out that revenge and all that sort of shit. So they kind of pick up on... They kind of meld Jason Todd and Dick Grayson into this a little bit. And I think it works for the movie they're presenting us. You know, I think that the one of the big cruxes of this movie for me is Batman trying to talk Dick down. Like, uh, that's my favorite scene of the movie, is after... Sorry. You said yeah. dick down. Um, dick down. Yeah. Just sorry. Just had to had to. Just had to get it out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the the scene where after uh, Dick has gone out into the city with the Batmobile and did his own thing, and uh, Batman brought him back, and he's like dressed in that like white t shirt, a chain, a towel around the neck, and his and his like fucking dress pants, and he's like, "No, oh, what's up, Dick?" And right. like this man came with the drip. At that point in the movie, I was like, okay, this man looked clean as hell. I, like, uh, this is kind of a good look for him. But, uh, when Dick's like, I'm gonna kill that motherfucker, you gonna help me. That's how this is gonna go. Uh, and he's like, uh, you're consumed by vengeance, Dick. You can't let that happen. You gotta, you got, you, so you're willing to kill a man. You know, like he did the, and I, I was like, oh, fucking thank God. You know, like, uh, Michael Keaton's Batman's like, oh yeah, okay, I'll help you kill him. No. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Michael like death. No, he was very strict to his no kill rule. Even like at the very be- like the when he gets blasting the elevator, a guy's running at him. He gets out of the way. He's about to fall down the elevator shaft and die. He catches him and throws him back and like make sure he doesn't. Like it was he was very even like that. Where like beforehand, freaking you got Michael Keaton strapping a bomb, a literal bomb to like just putting pushing it into someone and having them fall down a hole knowing they're going to explode the whole factory exploded dude like it wasn't even like just a little grenade 
The whole I'm, fucking factory went up. Like, dude didn't care. Dude killed all the time. Not my fault. <laughs> Man. Yeah, like, I, guess, oh, I guess. Well, I was I wasn't in the presence of this guy when he died. <laughs> the I didn't bomb killed him. Not I didn't me. Awesome you know, the the bomb it's not my fist that that killed him. It's the bomb. That happened every day. <laughs> so But I was I was going on about uh Bruce and Dick and their relationship over the course of this movie and his it was a line Bruce said that Batman said to Dick that made me go oh yeah this is like a definitive version of Batman and it's whenever he tells Dick if Bruce could have died if Bruce could have given his life for your family he would have you know like he's like straight up if I had had the ability to die and save your family 100% would have done that shit. Dude, and he did. He said, Harvey, I am Batman. Inst- he didn't hesitate, really. He thought about it, and he, like, it was loud. So, like, he wasn't heard, but he was, like, he admitted to it right then and there. Mm-hmm. But, like, obviously, just, he wasn't heard. Well, and another one of my favorite things about this movie, a classic thing between Harvey and Bruce Wayne, is that Bruce was a friend of Harvey before he became Two-Face. And they don't really go into that. But there's this part where, you know, Michael Keaton's Batman is just, like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Whereas whenever Batman's up in that helicopter at the beginning, he looks at him and he goes, Harvey, you need help. Mm. Like you need to go see somebody and get, get help with this mental illness you're dealing with. Mm. This can't be okay. You know, like that's a, I really like that. He wasn't like, well, you need to die. Yeah. You know, I thought that like, I think that's a, that's really effective as far as convincing me the character I'm watching is Batman. And uh so that's uh Man, all in all that's why the line if Bruce Wayne could have given his life for your family he would have was my favorite line and my favorite that's scene good. was Bruce talking to Dick about Man, his I quest for vengeance. I can't decide if um Val Kilmer's ass in the bat suit is my favorite shot or after he does the like turtle shell in the fire when he runs out of the fire. Um, and all the guards are like, holy fuck, that's the scariest shit I've ever seen. It's like, you know, like he's striking just fear. Like, it's like the kind of the most Batman thing. It was badass. Like, running out of the fire and then just like beats the shit out of him. Well, yo, the amount of influence this movie had on the Batman's kind of crazy. Yeah. Whenever, Um, whenever he did rise out of that fire, I fucking heard, like in the in the fucking movie whenever he flies the car through the fire and lands Dude, it and stuff all like. the grab whenever he's covered in all of the rubble and then the rot like robin grabs yeah. his arm and pulls him out like oh dude there were so many shots that were like obvious just like comic book frame like they were framed like it was a comic book panel like a straight up panel um nope. Wide shot of like a, you know, they like do the scene, like show the area. Like there was, there was just, it straight up looked like a, like, like a comic book graphic, like not even attempting mm-hmm. to look realistic. I mean, so many shots where like the Riddler would just be like posing in front of something, like when, or like the very beginning, or like, oh my fuck, huh? when it showed like Harvey's lair and it was like perfectly oh. in line with his face in the background of like the wall and the face that was behind him that shit was so cool yo when um, jim carrey like burst in there when he wasn't looking i love that like uh edward nigma and two-face are like oddly erotic to each other the way they like drape off of each other and are like hugging and stuff and like i thought that was i thought that was an interesting choice and i really i like really really enjoyed it because 
with a character like Two Face, it would have been easy to be like, ah, get the fuck off me, you know. But they were like, nah, he fucking loves this shit, man. This is this, they're oh, both he's just like, crazy. Yeah, they both just goofy ass, yeah, this some goofy like, ass shit. I love this. Uh, yeah, I don't. He, he convinced him. He's like, do you, do you want to just kill Batman and it'd be over? You know, you look for the next guy. Or do you do you want to embarrass the crap out of him and then kill him when he's at his lowest? And and we could do the greatest riddle of all. And like they like, just both. Oh, yeah. They both just start laughing like crazy, you know. Like they just both like, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. They like it's like the psychopath way of like agreeing to just be best yeah. friends, you know, sort of way. Um, I mean, kind of like so the Riddler and Joker too. at the end of the Batman, like of the end of the Pattinson Batman movie, like in their cells, whenever they both just start laughing at the end, like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I think, I think. I have to go with Batman running out of the fire for my shot because, like, I mean, I don't know. It is kind of hilarious that the ass shot was in there, though. And I I, I don't want to forget about that because that's – it's insane that that was in the movie. Like, I, I legitimately did a double take. I rewinded to make sure that that was his ass because, like, I couldn't believe it at first. Well, um, let me tell you – let me – I'm going to give you a chance to hold – for you to hold on to that. Think on that a little bit more. Let's all go around, give our favorite shot, and if one of us ends up taking him bursting out of the fire, or one of us ends up taking his ass, Joe has an easy uh Joe has an easy out. So uh Mike, what about you? Favorite favorite image in this episode or episode, this movie? Uh this this one was something I was struggling with going to the movie. I was trying to look for something that like just stood out. Um, there's a few fight scenes, um, a few things like when all the high flyers fell and there was just the capture of them in the spotlight and then just said that was, and then like Joe said, there was the fire, uh, scene, but like what got, like what gave me chills and I don't know why it gave me chills as it's something I think that's foreseeable was the closing scene was the very final thing before the end scene credits came on. And it's just the, the Batman logo and then the classic Batman and Robin slow motion running. And it was just like, yes, that's, that's, well, that. yeah, I love that, dude. See, I was, I was tempted to go with that too because it's just so fucking classic. It reminded me, there's something about the Joel Schumacher movies that are so, so reminiscent and, uh, uh, they like, uh, they take great influence from the, Adam West Batman stuff and I feel like you can you'll specifically note it in Batman and Robin with George Clooney's portrayal of Bruce Wayne he's basically doing an Adam West impression but that last little scene reminded me of the like opening credits of Batman 66 where all the different colors are popping up for different characters and stuff and I don't know why it reminded me of that but I just got those vibes off of it big time and uh god yeah that is that is it was such as just like fuck yeah this is Batman and Robin baby this is what it's all about uh I loved that shit. Good choice. Good choice. What about you, Tav? How are you feeling about shot? Favorite shot. Oh, is he? Oh, he's I think frozen. he's frozen. Oh, okay. I, was like, I thought, I thought I was he was like, in Man, thought. he's holding that face for a while. I know. I thought he was in thought there for a second. I'm like, wow. That was like, yeah, it's it kind of scary. Sure. <laughs> That's kind of scary. Well, in the meantime, I'll uh I'll I'll go ahead with my shot. If Tav needs to leave and come back, he needs to leave and Oh there he is. Oh there he is. There he is. Was that frozen? You were yes. frozen. Okay. Um The favorite shot, I think either um 
I mean, all of them involve Robin, so we got Robin fucking folding laundry. That shit was hilarious. I was like, oh my why? God. All this shit. <laughs> like, just oh put on the clothes around. <laughs> It'll be intense. And like, I love that it's, like, time. not spurred on by anything. Yeah, like, right. It's, it's specifically so that Alfred can see he's capable of exactly. wielding and he, weapons, and he got I'm that like, from laundry. He like, winks what? at he like he he walks out like and he kind of like like looks Alfred up like yeah I just fucking did that too what's up like you can't do that shit you're old as fuck I just did that like it was like why why did you like oh my god dude he, the, like, he like does the like nunchuck thing with his clothes and it's like there's literally no reason you're a douchebag impressed like man i've been a butler for 50 years you think i can't do that in my sleep (laughs) (laughs) he's like i've i've been living with bruce fucking wayne i'm not capable of some crazy shit yeah um but so and then right after that you actually have uh robin discovering the bat cave (laughs) somehow falls down the slope of a i what i assume to be a level house like right into the bat cave i'm like i feel like there's not a slope moving you right into the bat cave like there were no locks on door nothing that's that's his gymnastics just coming if, out if dude. you put a one back too hard on that book, you wouldn't know Bruce Wayne is batman <laughs> all the shit he did it would have been just as fast for him to run down those stairs right <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm like he yeah, swings yeah. on the chandelier and he like stands up there for a couple seconds. It's like, all right, what's next? And then he do- he goes on and he do- like you would have ran down the stairs just as fast, homie. I know you had an, an optimal yeah. angle, but uh, maybe he was just adding flair. He knew how much time he had exactly, and he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna do some cool shit too. This man was calm, cool, and calculated, is what you're saying. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Um. I mean, he he called the shots. He like he was like, "I'm part of this, whether you like it or not." I'm sorry, fuck it. Whoops, you you'll put my suit right next to yours where it belongs. Sorry, that was a little cocky. It was like, "Yeah, what's up? I'm like Batman now." Like, okay, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Um, but uh, another one of my favorite shots. It's probably not my favorite shot. Is it was like all bathed in green. It was Dick Grayson standing above. Two face when he's like hanging off the edge right before he's about to save him, and it's like a real hero pose. He's got like one leg up, and like the wind's blowing, it's blowing his cape back, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm the shit." And the fact that Alfred's just like, "Yeah, I'll make you a bulletproof suit," like love that. That Alfred's just like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll cook that up for you right quick." The constant dude made the best looking burger. Oh my god, when he came out and he was like, "Oh well, I guess we'll just throw this out, see if the dogs are hungry." That burger, like, because they were, you know, he's, like, trying to lead him on. They're like, all right, well, I guess, you know, you could have a bike or whatever if you just stayed and worked on him. Whatever. guess we can find someone else to do it. And then Alfred comes out with the best-looking meal after he hasn't eaten in forever. And then, like, you just see him. He's like, oh, eh, okay. Actually, I'll take that burger and this job and everything. Right. Um, But, yeah, no, he, I don't know. That's the thing is that, like, if you put a kid there, like an actual 13-year-old, like, you just have to write. It just has to be written differently. Like, you can't really do the same stuff. No, yeah. Like, I think I think they took an easier route. Yeah. Like, it, it, is, just, it is just easier for him to be a little older, be a little bit more cognitive, and just be able to operate of his own accord. 
generally. You know, he could have been a rebellious teenager, which could have been, I mean, and he was, but like a 13, 14 year old just wouldn't have had the same effect as far as the way they utilized him in this movie. Um, but my, uh, my favorite shot in this movie was Two Face dying. And whenever he uh. was in the water and his hand was above the water and it was sinking in, the coin landing heads up and him sliding right into the water. I loved that shit. I thought that shit was a- another one that was just a comic book panel. Like I could yeah. see like the oh, four yeah. steps where it's like fully out on its way out, coin lands in his hand underwater. You know, like I could, I could absolutely see it. And, uh, I really fucking loved that shot. So that was the one I ended up going with. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I was, I was trying to, to narrow down a line here. That was the thing I was, I was, uh, having a, a having trouble with. And it, it might be the holy rusted metal Batman just for the, you know, holy Toledo bat, the holy, you know, like the, the call to be there. And then it's like, oh no, it's just, it's just metal with, with, with a bunch of holes. Um, and it, you know, it's like the, the callback to the line there was, was cute. Like, and it's like, they're on their first mission together. I don't know. And it, it, it like in full suit, just, I don't know, a nice, uh, I don't know. The, the thing is that like they had moments together that weren't really cute at all. They were like argumentative, but then like the moments that they actually had like together while they were fighting or like actually working together were like super cute. And like, we're actually like, if it was a kid would actually be so much better, like legitimately. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. There, Alfred is just the constant though in every Batman movie that I like. He's he's just that dude. I don't know. He it, it'll never change, and apparently he does never change, which is awesome. It's just this this guy for here, and then Batman and Robin as well. Yeah, that'll right? be it. He was in and Batman then, eighty nine, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin. The same Alfred every time. Dang. Michael Go fucking killing shit. He's a G. Um. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Um, but man, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I just need a, a and I think I think I'll just go with. No, I don't know. That's not a good enough line for me. Not yet. I don't feel. Um, but I don't know. Got to be beggars can't be choosers. Did uh, Mike? Did you end up picking a line? Have you already? Have you already elected? I picked a line. Yeah. Um, and it's something that not anything that like stands out, just like that was super cool or super badass. It's just, it caught me so off guard and I had to do a double take and it was like the very first scene. And I was like, wait, did that actually, he, I need like, I had to rewind and make sure that this is what I said. Cause like opening of the movie, you know, it's dramatic, it's intense, you know, the music, the background, they're showing all the gadgets, the weapons, Batman's like loading up. He does his power walk to his car. Music is intense. They do a close-in of his face. And then and Alfred's like, could I persuade you to bring a sandwich with you? And he's like, I'll just get a drive-thru. I was just like, wait. <laughs> I got to go back to this because that was just like the most built-up moment. And he's like, you should, you know, I'm worried about you. You might be hungry while you're kicking ass. And I was just like, oh, that just made me. <laughs> I don't know if open. <laughs> and so that's my line of the movie right there. No, I fucking love that. And it's so, it's so Alfred. It's so Alfred. The way that he's just like, could I persuade you to bring a sandwich along, sir? You might get hungies. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I'll, I'll hit a drive through, Alfred. I'm gonna pull up to Wendy's. Talk about boys. Just go by there. These batarangs fly, they ain't gonna fuck with it. Yeah, that's, (laughs) that's an insane drive through experience. Hey, welcome to McDonald's. How can I get you? 
I want a sweet tea and a McDouble. And then like, oh my fucking god, it's Batman! But make it fast, make it fast, guys! It's free, okay? But you can just have it, man. Like, what do you I'm do? Take a bat, twenty ounce of Dr Pepper, Give and a, a bat, bat burger, a bat Coke, <laughs> a bat double, a bat chicken, and twenty bat nuggets. <laughs> With some so, sweet oh, bat sauce. And the, the people at the McDonald's drive thru are like, it's Batman again. Think <laughs> <laughs> like he has like a line of credit because he's not bringing his wallet with him. No. Going and they're like, that'll be that'll be that'll be six seventy five today. And he's like, I'm Batman. They're like, can't argue with that. Argue with that. Oh man, but uh Man, what's that leave for favorites on the uh, on the Excel sheet, Joe? What do you, what you got over there? Um, looks like Mike. Did you have a performance yet? Because you said uh, Two Face or Harvey for your character. Um, I agree with you guys with uh, Jim Carrey being my performance. I think he just played oh, yeah. so well. And like you guys, you guys mentioned a bunch on like they probably just told him to like, hey, you get to touch base on these few things, do these things, but you know, go do you, go go go. <laughs> Go be the Riddler for us, okay? And he just he swept it away. I loved it. Good, good, yes. And and it was it was another performance that was like super over the top, but it was somehow incredibly comic accurate. Like he was still very just like you read that first Detective Comics issue that uh, Riddler shows up, and I think it's like one forty. It's like the definitive Riddler uh, origin type comic, and it's like just exactly like there's this little pose that Riddler does the first time he suits up where he like spreads his legs and he sticks his arms out and he's like, yeah, I'm Riddler. And I feel like that's just a, uh, that was just that's so Jim Carrey, the entire fucking movie. That's what I'll be to the Batman. He has the line, the Riddler. That's what I'll call myself for. That's what I'll be to the Batman. And yeah, he's, yeah. he's like this. He's like all just totally like total all Jim Carrey. Like, yeah, it was, it was cool to see. Um, his portrayal of the Riddler, and like throughout the movie too, like he would, he started off as like a crazy scientist, just geeked out on you know science, and then he got turned down by Bruce, and then he went on his own and got famous, and then he turned into clean cut gentleman, like scholar looking at the ball or whatever that was, yeah. and he would just bounce back and forth from the Riddler with his hair, and he just nailed all of all three. I love that too. That like this dude has had like shaved, really short, bright red hair, and then in the next scene he's like all quaffed up, and he's like, yeah, oh, yeah. the most the most well quaffed bachelor in Gotham City now. I think like there's a whole yeah. thing where he's like a Asking, uh, Chase Doctor Chase Meridian to go dance with him. Like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, how about Drew Barrymore being in a microscopic role in this movie? Drew Barrymore is like very, very. Very much so, top of the bill actress now, and she is just Riddler's little helping hand um, in this movie. And I was like, "Yo, that's that that's Drew Barrymore." I don't. Uh, somebody call SZA. Yeah, the yeah. cast for this movie is kind of <laughs> nuts. Cast was. Um, it's. I don't know this. This movie just kind of has a lot going for it, actually. Like, it's sad looking at the rating on IMDb. Well, I guess it's critically. That's fair. Um, I'm, I won't. I guess um, no we don't want that to persuade our but, overall rating. But like, I don't know. I'm I'm loving this movie way more than than uh, than I think the critical rating will reflect. Anyways, regardless. But um, I don't know. 
this it was just super fun. Every character, like Batman was the main character, but every side character like was actually meaningful. And it wasn't like just like, oh man, it's just they're on screen again, like whatever. It's like every character you cared about. Um and no side there was no just character that was like a push off or whatever. Like everyone was I don't know, just sort of it mattered. Um, I dig it. I dig it. Does that mean we are ready to rate this up this this here movie? I think it might be time. If uh I think Mike just might need a scene and I need my scene. Um, um unless Mike you already had a scene, maybe. I don't know if you said it, I just didn't type it down. Yeah, no, you uh I had a scene but you guys kinda talked about it. It was uh Tavares, one of Tavares' favorite shots of uh, Robin just fucking up his laundry for no reason. The at laundry? All. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> 10, 15-second scene of just him doing <laughs> with the mop and everything and then just walking away like mops it one spot and it's yeah. like, that's good. Yep, really? nope. uh, I'm, I'm not used to being waited on. He like absolutely fucks up his uh, laundry and mops one spot on the floor and is like, yeah, man, I do my own chores and Alfred's like, I'll finish your fucking laundry and mop the floor yeah, then. Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, I, know, I know my scene now, um, and it's whenever they figure out um, that it's Enigma, uh, Mister E, Mystery, the whole vow thing that they go through, um, the like the riddle that they solve, uh, putting the two clues together. Oh, maybe uh, one eight is eighteen. Mister E, Mystery, Edward, Enigma, like the the whole like the whole. When they got so there, Batman sixty six. I don't know if you remember them being like, yeah. "Oh, and C that must be for Catwoman," you know, like uh, that that whole shit, like the C S E A E. But no, what if it is C Catwoman? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, oh that's that is kind of true. I wonder yeah, if like there's yeah. there's a lot of reverence for the sixty six movie and show, uh, and Joel Schumacher's adaptations here. But uh, I uh, what was the, it's that the, has the full quote. On um, IMDb, um, and I, I kind of wanted to to like go through the through line that they had because it was it was a lot more than I remembered it. Like I um, let's see, uh, there were five little items of an everyday sort. Um, you'll find us in a tennis court. A I or A E I O U vowels. Um, not entirely unclever, sir. But why do a clock, a match, and a chess pawns and vowels have in common? What do these riddles mean? Every riddle has a number in the question, and they arrived at this order. 13, 1, 8, and 5. 13, 1, 8, and 5. What do they mean? And then Bruce says, perhaps the letters of the alphabet? Of course. That would be M-A-H-E. And then they say, perhaps 1 and 8 are 18. It was, it was about to spell mayhem, which I thought was like... I thought that's where they were heading. I know. I thought that was like his like plan to like ruin Gotham or whatever. Well, I thought it was going to be like, I thought it was going to be Mayhem, M-A-H-E-M, and it was going to be kind of like the Batman where they were like, uh, El Rata, that's some pretty fucked up Spanish, you know, because that's not how you exactly spell Mayhem. They were they would have solved it and been like, well, I guess it's close enough, so yeah. it must be that. Um, but yeah, I guess it's true. Um, then they figure out 18 is R, so it's Mr. E, Mystery. Another name for Edward a mystery, Nygma. Enigma, Mister Enigma, Edward Enigma. Stickley's suicide was obviously a computerly a computer generated forgery. Wow! Uh, instantly, it's obviously a computer generated forgery. 
I don't know, man. You watch someone on a videotape go. That's fair. Ah, and then Alfred I'm going to go, yeah, that was probably computer generated. Maybe this is my line. You really are quite bright, despite what people say from Alfred. Ah, um, yes. You know what? I got to give Alfred the line. We always got to have Alfred getting something. You're right. Alfred's got to get something. Um, he's the constant, the goaded aspect of every Batman. Um, There's zero doubt. There's zero doubt. But... Uh, then with that, I think we've covered all the favorites, correct? And that is true. Yes. All right. All right. Then I think it's time we move on to the rating. And uh, the way we typically do this with a guest, Mike, is we allow the guest to cultivate their own rating of the movie alongside what me and Joe have come to appreciate the movie as. Because we have talked, this will be your first movie in the project. This is our 11th. So we have a lot more to c- compare with. And go, you know what, this is where we feel in comparison to this. Yours is an unfettered, completely just, this is how the movie is. And uh, especially coming off your Snapchat, being a good friend of yours and seeing that a lot, mm. uh, you've, you're have you obviously no stranger to rating movies. So I'm excited to get your, uh, get your take on this, which is uh, very exciting. But we got enjoyment, genre, and critical. And I'll leave out adaptation for you. I've, me and Joe have read a lot more. Batman comics, I'm assuming, than, than you've uh, been privy to. But uh, we'll cultivate your rating alongside ours. So uh, let's start with enjoyment. Uh, as far as this movie is resonating with you, 1 to 10, how you feeling, Mike? I, uh, it was, this one was high for me. I gave it a solid 9. And I, and I think uh, a big, or not, some of that is just, I was kind of downplaying the movie, just one, because it came out in 95. Um, I've been exposed to a lot of MCU, a lot of Star Wars, Harry Potter, just a lot of newer movies who have done, done a lot, um, since 1995. And so I just, hmm. I didn't have my, my expectations were very low. I was like, oh, this is 95, like Batman movie. I was like, this can't be that great compared to what we have now. And I was just, the cast, um, just this from, from starting scene to end scene, like it was never like a point that movie was like, oh, this is boring and a lame old movie I don't really care about. Like, no, I was always interested in. Especially like having that mix up of the most recent Batman to this '95, two are kind of opposite on a lot of spectrums. I was a lot more engaging in that, and so overall, I definitely enjoyed this movie a lot. And I'm glad glad I got on the project because I I forgot about these movies really they were a long time ago, and now I'm not just going to watch this. I'm going to go watch all the other ones too because I'm sure I might I feel might feel the same way about those so right right no yeah they've all they've all aged rather I mean like there are elements of them that have aged poorly but they've overall the stories are like oh compared to a lot of the superhero movies we get now these are nothing but fun you know like a lot of movies concern themselves with being like uh we've got to be like what if we can get an Oscar nom for the MCU you're just probably not going to do that. You're just, you're just probably not. And, uh, these movies were like, fucking Oscar, bro. Let's do whatever the fuck we want. Um, let's make some money at the box office, which is what this is all, all about in the end. But, uh, a nine out of 10 there. Cool. I'll keep, I'll keep track of yours for the enjoyment. I'm not too far off from that, Joe. How you feeling enjoyment wise? I don't know. Cause the, the closest comparison is Mask of Phantasm um for this movie it's like um because i it's better than the keaton movies um i'm enjoying it way more like i'm having way more fun here than the keaton movies um and it's like meaningful it's weird it's like it's campy and bad but 
just it's also good at the same time. It's so weird. I don't want to call it bad. I like it's not it's just corny a little maybe corny is a better word, but it has a bad connotation to it, but like it's not critically good, but goddamn, I was just enjoying watching it. I had a lot of fucking fun. And like that's I don't know. I there's there's a lot to be said for that. Are you are you on a relatively similar scale as Mike here at a nine? I think I might be because like I think I might have had more fun watching this than Mask of Phantasm. Um, then the question remains: Did I have more fun watching this or Superman One? Hey man, you take it that far, I can't go with you. I'm and you I, can you can wander out into those waters, I'm but not. I'm gonna let you drown. Don't worry. I'm not. Um, Superman one's a different type of movie. Um, it's it's in between Superman and Mask of Phantasm though. At a nine. Oh no shit! Think. You're coming out at a nine two five then. That is resounding, and I'll have to. I'll bump mine a little bit. I'll I'll meet you halfway with a nine. Oh, I'll, I'll match I was I was at a nine. I was because Mask of Phantasm was an eight point five, and Superman's a nine point five. Oh, yeah, enjoyment wise. No enjoyment. Batman: Mask of Phantasm got a nine. No shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this is okay. So now that puts it on the same level as. That's why Mask I thought you were going nine two five. Okay, that's interesting. I don't know. I think I did have more fun watching this movie, though. Is the thing, like Mask of Phantasm, is. There's a lot more just kind of slower moments, um, you know, and it's it's more like story based, and they had to get a lot of story like in a short amount of time. Um, but this one was like whenever Two Face was on screen or the Riddler was on screen, it was electric, and then whenever it was Batman or Bruce, it was the the all the good story and stuff that you want, and like the Batmobile was a little weird. That's like the only thing that kind of got me out of it. But like other than that, I'm like I'm having fun the whole time. Um, I fuck with that. I fuck I, with that. I, I can't confidently venture out there as far as you can. It's I, I can, think I'll match is mask. the fairest. I think it's I think matching it's the fairest because yeah, putting the, it a, it's if Mask of Phantasm is as long as this movie, oh, then that's like a, that yeah. might be a, that might be a nine seven five ten. Yeah. So that's that's the thing is that like it's it had to, they had to be very concise. Um, but I, I think putting out a nine is is fair. Okay, cool. I'm I'm right there with you. I was my gut went like eight seven five, kind mm. of bump it over Batman Returns, uh, but less than Mask of Phantasm because I personally can confidently say I don't like it as much as Mask of Phantasm. However, I uh, I respect enjoyment. Like I enjoy. I guess like yeah, it is a different type of enjoyment for Mask of Phantasm for sure. Um, completely. So. I think it's it's I can't confidently put one above or below the other for me. I fuck with that. I fuck um, with that. Yeah, I uh I, I dig that. So we end up coming to the same as Mike here at a at a nine out of ten. I, I I'm down for that. Uh genre wise, since all of these are superhero movies, we tend to break them down into more subcategories and this becomes an action adventure, I would say. I don't think it necessarily falls into many other categories. That's what IMDB um, says. All right, cool. So, out of ten, as an action adventure movie, Mike, how are you? Uh, how are you weighing this against a lot of other action movies you've seen in your life? Um, not as high as my enjoyment, but not far off. I gave it a, around an eight for um the genre. I just and 
I think it could have gotten a little higher. I could have gotten a little bit higher rating because um, I factored in like the this uh the like uh what's the right word I'm looking for um like the detective finding out clues like yeah, I, right 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 I, if I think if they would have implemented that a little bit more into this movie like just had more mm-hmm. t- um cuz Joe you mentioned earlier when him and Alfred were figuring out the clue like they just like you know they just powered through it and it seems like you know I think they could have done a little bit more with that and yeah. so that's gotten a little bit lower of the rating but overall for action like it was like I said from the get go to the end it was just like bang 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 a lot of the fight scenes were kind of our shots of our favorite shots or favorite scenes of the movie so like I think they did pretty well um with that so I gave that around about an 8 for me for genre I fuck with that no I'm a I'm not too far off, you know. In fact, I might be I might be a little higher on it. Like uh I think as compared to Returns and 89, this has a lot of better action than those movies did. Um and it gets a lot further out there than those movies did too with um well, I don't want to say further out cuz the penguin shit in Batman Returns is kind of nuts. But uh as far as uh comic accuracy, which I'm not really supposed to factor in here. They they managed the uh the action of this movie very very effectively so like i ended up i ended up coming to about an eight two five i don't know that i can confidently say i liked the action adventure stuff a ton more than batman returns because it got long it got pretty far out there but uh where this movie elevated the action that movie elevated adventure and it's kind of they they end up kind of balancing each other out i think I think that's fair. I think that's it. It did better than than eighty nine, but about the same as Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I like eight two five. I think a little bump from eight is fair here, and it, it deserves it because I think that's where the I guess adaptation will be pretty strong too. Um, but it, it's it's gonna fall critically. Um, like n- it's not gonna be up here where it is right now critically. No, that's that's no. for sure. Um. But like I yeah, think... no, but adaptation wise, this is mm. this is high. This is high. Like I'm going, I'm going eight seven five out of ten. I think. I uh, yeah. I really I didn't do a deep dive like you guys. I kind of skimmed through and tried to like puzzle yeah. things there, and I actually gave mine an eight eight out okay, of. Baller. One thing that I really loved was the Jekyll and Hyde. Um, thing in the comics i love that um and that just like that stood out to me brought me back to our high school english class i think right, it was that right yeah so what, oh, man yeah. what grade was that i think it was I, soft like I, I feel like yeah it was early on we had english together colton and that was back when you were on your crutches i think from football and we would yeah, always yeah. aaron's that was junior year oh was that junior yeah yeah yeah, yeah no because you said <laughs> One of my premier, I'll edit this out if you want. Uh, one of my premier memories of that class was you snorting pixie, <laughs> snorting a pixie stick <laughs> or like crushed up smarties. I can't remember which one it was, but we were watching like the great Gatsby and it was like in the mood for that sort of thing. So it was just like, <laughs> like crushing nice. a line of pixie dust. Hey, they showed me how to do it. So I thought I should demonstrate it. So. No, yeah. Did your nose yeah. bleed? Were you good? No, I mean, it definitely stung because probably not it's probably not supposed to be ingested that way but it wasn't anything <laughs> yeah probably not i don't know probably not though 
I probably. No, I think it's perfectly safe. I mean, you're you're kind of roll. I mean, it's we don't endorse. Place, you know, it's we don't endorse place. that sort of thing here, technically, because you're probably not supposed to do that. But I don't. I don't personally see a problem with it, as far as Michael was concerned. I think uh, we'd we'd had a fun journey of putting things in Michael's body. A lot more stupid and uh, rather dangerous things than you know, pixie up pixie dust up the nose i think that's on the lower extreme level of things i've done yeah no, no doubt no doubt yeah no fuck yeah but uh <laughs> fuck yeah english class jekyll and i <laughs> i fucking love that no and i'll i'll factor that in if you're if you're cool with that cuz yours isn't far off from our uh from our our rating you know cuz i mean personally i was going 875 thought the adaptation was really strong as far as val kilmer's batman was concerned two-face uh riddler all super solid the only place where it kind of takes a hit is the Dick Grayson portrayal of him being an older kid instead of a younger kid. It worked for the story they were telling, which is why critically and enjoyment-wise it doesn't really affect it. But it it does give it a decent dink as far as yeah. this one is concerned. Because if this if this kid is 13, and they frankly they could write it almost exactly the same, this is a 10. Like I think I think as far as adaptation is concerned, yeah. it's just that like uh they didn't they didn't quite do everything right and it's a pre- it was a pretty massive thing for me personally so over a point i feel like 875 is ended is where i end up coming down how about you joe yeah i mean the only gripes would be that with with dick grayson and then the two-faced coin flip the multiple times but that's like a super small gripe with harvey den i think they did harvey they they did harvey very well the riddler like they did they jim carried the riddler a little bit but like as far as everything like it was like I don't he know, still it, did it like super Riddler shit. Point. It wasn't yeah, like, yeah. It, yeah. Um, it was, and all the 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 crafty, you know, the wouldn't seen him like in his. I don't know if he was in the Wayne, uh, man or like Wayne Enterprises building still, or if he was in his like own apartment whenever he was like crafting the cards, um, and like you know putting the magazine letters in there for like the cryptic, you know, like building all the the riddles and stuff. Like it was, it was just really cool, like seeing that like little shot of uh little mo- his montage. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was really faithful, um, especially to Batman um, and and Bruce. Wayne. This was the most faithful so, a live action adaptation yeah. has been to Batman. Yeah, I think I think eight seven five is is fair. It's okay. It's because Robin. That's the only thing really of that this movie lacks an adaptation. Um, okay, and at, like it's crazy because at first I didn't even re- like realize it because I just accepted that Robin was old just for some reason and like that it, he wasn't a young teenager and supposed to be a kid. And like, I just accepted it for the movie and like, it worked is the thing is like for the movie it worked, but like, it's just, they were so faithful on everything else. It's like just weird that they decided to go that route. But yeah, right. Um, no, yeah. I'm, I'm 100% with you. So I, I do end up coming out an 80, 87.5. Okay. I dig. I dig. But that does bring us to the critical rating where for us, I know it will probably suffer the most, but Mike, how you feeling as far as just like, Acting, direction, fucking score, all all the things that go into making a movie good, Oscar worthy type shit. Uh, how how you feeling about this out of ten? Uh, this one, I've, I've also looked at the uh, IMDb one uh, rating, Joseph, and I thought that also is low compared to mine. I gave this one around an eight one. I thought okay. the cast was uh, incredible, and uh, just the way the characters played honestly that's what kind of did it for me uh just and then like i said like the uh 
it kind of me downplaying it, have my expectations lower. I think it's probably why I gave this a higher rating. I just wasn't expecting it to be this good. And overall with the cast is what mainly swept it away with me. Um, so that's why I kind of got it, got it at eight one. Mm, I fuck with it. I fuck with it. That would bring your overall rating to about an 8.5 and 85% on the old tomato meter, which is a resounding success. And on your on your rating, you would match roughly what uh, our guest did on Batman eighty nine. He uh, he ended up rating his about an eighty four. So like y'all viewed y'all viewed those in a rather similar light. But with an eighty five, that would make on our scale this top three. And I still think it's going to find its way there, but I don't know that it'll be as high. I don't know that mm-hmm. it'll be as high um, because personally. I can't confidently tell you this is better than Batman Returns, which is we ended up giving this given returns a seven out of ten critically. Um, I, I think as far as direction is concerned, Tim Burton washes Joel Schumacher. Uh, visuals, everything. It's just it felt a little bit more thoughtfully done in '89 and Returns. Tim Burton's Gotham was cooler as well oh, a lot cooler um, a lot cooler. And this looks more like metropolis and, yeah and cool a little metropolis drop in the movie too was kind of cool um mm. when batman's like you could you'd be you could be halfway to metropolis by now or something like just a throwaway line you know it was just right. no, no, it was kind of cool just to have it in there but yeah I, I don't know i think um it's probably it's it's around like i i can't say it's a five because it's it's not just an average movie no, better, in fact, it's, it's, I'd yeah, go. No I'd go far north of that. I yeah. like when I say it's not quite as good as Batman Returns. I mean, like the one <laughs> step down from it, six, seven, five. Like yeah. I'm not talking like, oh, it's a six out of ten. No, like this is a still so better like, than Superman too. Yeah, that, like, that was uh, the where I was thinking is like Superman two would be the closest, or Batman Returns or Superman two would be the it's it, it's in between a seven and a six. I think. That's for sure. Um, and it's closer to a seven than it is. I think six, five is like the floor probably. Okay. Um, but the six, seven, I, I, I can't, I don't know if it's closer to Batman returns or if it's just a six, five. Um, gotcha. No, I'm, a. I'm perfectly cool with dropping it to a six five if you're more comfortable with that, if that feels more right to you. That's uh that's also very cool with me because Superman two, frankly, is a great is a very, very solid movie. The only place where that falters is the villain side of things. And this movie doesn't really have those problems. The villains are strong, you know, like yeah. it's uh it's it's exactly what these villains were supposed to be, if if you ask me. But uh point one three. Wow. That puts it, yeah, that does put it top three if it is 6.5, um, for critical, um, still. Um, it, if, if we do give it a 6.5 critically, it averages it out to an 81%, um, 8.13. Um, so. An 8.1, as Mike put a second ago. Look at that. Look at God. Wow. Uh, there you go. I, I think I, I do, um, cause that puts it, uh, in the top three of our list that um mask of phantasm is one at nine four four superman one is two or second at nine three eight and then it will go batman forever at an 8.1 and then 
Batman 89 out of 769. So kind of a, a, a gap there. Um, yeah. It fills, it filled the gap between Superman and Batman 89. I think uh, that elevation cool. is really just that this was more of a Batman movie. Yeah. It felt more like a Batman it movie. Was the main that, character. Yeah, yeah. Batman 89 feels like a Joker movie and Batman is just kind of a rich dude in a costume. Yep. 8. He's not really, not really the principles of Batman. He doesn't struggle with anything. He's just like, oh, I got to kill that motherfucker. Uh, it's kind of the whole thing. That puts it in hell. Yeah. Barely. Um, in, in the tier list, um, which is rounding out the bell curve even more, um, in, uh, in the, the tier, tier list that we have, um, almost made fuck yes. If it's an eight five, that would have been fuck yes, but not mm. quite, not quite. So I think that makes sense though. Um, Superman and Mask of Phantasma are, are our only fuck yes movies so far. Um, and hell yeah, we have Batman 89, Batman Returns, and Batman Forever. Um, and I think that's pretty fair. Mm. Uh, I, I'd put Batman Forever definitely at the top of that tier, though. I think so too. I think so as well. Yeah, and uh, for those who don't know, we've we've incorporated our Marvel tier list into our comic book movie project, and we've assigned them ratings per, per tier instead of being like, "Oh no, that feels like a fuck yes," because we have like an A to F tier list. Um, a being yo, what the fuck? B being fuck yes. C being hell yeah. D being that's cool, E being okay, yeah, and F being meh. Um, and this ultimately does find itself in sort of a middle tier. It's kind of weighted heavily because minimum a hell yeah is going to be a 7. At max, it's going to be an 8.4. And this finds itself at an 8.1, which does slot it in rather nicely there. Um Fuck yes, being an 8.5 to a 9.4. Yo, what the fuck, being 9.5 and above. That's cool, being 5 to 6.9. Okay, yeah, being 4 to 4.9. And meh, being 3.9 and below. Uh, and we've got one in meh, which is Supergirl. Okay, yeah, has one, and it's Superman 3. That's cool, has four right now, and it's Batman 66, Superman 2, Howard the Duck, and Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Hell yeah has three, and Batman Forever, Batman 89, and Batman Returns. Fuck yes has two, and Superman and Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And yo, what the fuck is yet to get its first entry. And therein is our, our tier list. It's, it's there. It's on our Discord. If you're interested in joining that, you can go ahead and hit me up separately on Twitter or something. But, uh, Hell yeah, guys. That does conclude it. Ours are coming to roughly the same thing. You, you, Mike giving it an 85, us giving it an 81. Mm-hmm. Keeps in tradition with us being a little bit harsher than our <laughs> guests. Uh, they've been, uh, they've been loving to the movies and uh, completely understandably so. Uh, but with that, I think we do conclude Batman forever. If you would head to patreon.com slash penny bloom pod or yeah, where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including tons of comic book pull lists weekly, book reviews all the time, movie reviews every once in a while. Three bucks a month and you can help this podcast stay alive. Cost me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. So that'd be uh, that'd be awesome and uh, greatly, greatly appreciated. We're currently doing uh, Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast. Very, very fun. We're going to continue this comic book movie project. 
uh, with next week being Batman and Robin, where we are going to have a, a friend I met through uh, Twitter and is an avid listener to the podcast and has been for shit over a year now, which is really, really cool of them. Uh, Claire, uh, she'll be a she'll be a fun one to have on for Batman and Robin. And uh, I'm very excited about that. If you would, if it still exists, there's no telling at this point. Twitter, head to Twitter, follow at tw- at Penny Bloompod, follow on Hive at Penny Bloompod, follow on Tumblr at Penny Bloompod. This Twitter thing's got me freaking out about where else I'm going to promote the podcast. Uh, head to Instagram, follow at Penny Bloom Podcast. Um, unfortunately, Tavares had to leave before the end of the podcast. Uh, he he got he got his thoughts in though. We didn't have much beyond it. He left right before the rating. So. Uh, Shout out to Devaris. We love you, buddy. Um, I was also joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And Michael Muehlberger, thank you so much, buddy, for the first appearance on this podcast. And it will certainly not be the last. You were a great, you were a great guest here today. So thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, hopefully it's not my last. Hopefully I'll get to come on here a few more times. Uh, love talking you to should. you. Well, and who knows? This, these episodes are scheduled so far in advance. This won't be out until March. It's a long ways away. Um, sh- this might not even end up being your first appearance on the podcast. There's no fucking telling. Uh, uh, by by release order, anyway. But uh, thank you so much for being here today. And uh, so 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 very glad that you came on, and uh, can't wait to talk with you again. Uh, remember, everybody. Peace, love, and bloom. And I'll be sure to go to a drive-thru.